It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's possible. days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we got to make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jay, Millie's Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast I want to thank you, as always, for making us part of your daily grind taking, taking us along with you Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing The gym, the shower, work Sitting at home doing nothing, whatever it is, we don't care. We're not here to judge. We're just happy that we're part of your day and part of your Celtics life. We're the Reign of Jays, John Corrales, Jay King of The Athletic. Here to talk a little bit more about that big win against uh, the Pelicans. Uh, it will also get a little bit more specific about Kyrie. Kyrie talked uh, specifically about that starting lineup and starting with Smart. A little quote from Jay's piece on The Athletic in our second segment. In our third segment, Terry Rozier Damn him made me listen to a Rick Pitino podcast, but I did, and we are going to react to him talking about the business side and his future and whether it's part of the Celtics' future or what. So let's start, Jay, with the game itself. A little bit of a surprise. You're there. I was not. The the surprise starting lineup. First, Brad plays it close to the vest, and then he kind of surprises everybody starting both Marcuses. Yeah, and you know what? That's probably been their best lineup this year. I mean, by the numbers, it has been their best lineup this year. Um, but the the sample size is so small; it's it's tough to know how much that means. Uh, I do think that outside of the three guys that they're definitely going to start every night in Kyrie, Tatum, and Horford, Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris have probably had the best adjustment this season to playing how the Celtics want to play. And I think that's been pretty clear from the start of the season. Like Marcus Morris and Marcus Smart have played good basketball and not a lot of guys on the team have played good basketball. So I think intuitively the starting lineup kind of makes some sense. And Marcus Smart, like he's just going to change the energy at all times. And he, he lets Kyrie play off the ball a little bit. He gives them some more options and he gives them, especially the way he's played this year, a low-usage guy in that starting lineup. And I think they kind of need that um, with with the other guys. And obviously you can have that in Baines. But I, I think Marcus Smart is more valuable to the offense than Baines is because of how well he can run a pick and roll and because it can free Kyrie to do some other things than he can do when Marcus Smart is not in the game. So uh, that lineup, uh, to me, might be – their best right now might be what they want to lean on to get into a rhythm while they're still trying to find themselves. 
It's interesting that you say that they need a low usage guy because it kind of goes along with what I've been saying. I've just been saying it in a different way that I, they, they've had too many guys that are of equal ability in that starting lineup and everybody wants to get their, their offense going. So having a guy that will gladly facilitate, of course, Marcus will jack his threes. And yeah, it's, it's funny looking at his, his game logs. He has like a, a four for five or a four for six night, then, then two O for nights and then a three for five night from three. So it's classic Marcus smart. But he he will, like you said, run the pick and roll. We don't have a lot of guys as as, as much as we have wing depth in on the Celtics. We don't have that really pure facilitator. Terry Rozier is not a pure facilitator. Mark, Kyrie Irving is a scorer first who can really drop some dimes. But Marcus Smart's probably of of all of those guys the best passer and and maybe the the best as far as finding I, guys I, off I think Hay- Hayward probably is that's right uh, that's true that's true yeah but but Marcus Smart right now like but I mean I, and of course I was just looking at the at the point guards which yeah yeah brings up another point though in this in this lineup the way it's working out they're starting to really use Gordon Hayward as a kind of backup point guard it's better really to play Rozier off the ball as much as they play Kyrie off the ball so Hayward in this scenario now comes in theoretically if Jalen Brown stays on the bench would come in with Jalen Brown and now you have two higher usage guys coming in and Hayward would kind of sort of be a backup point guard yeah and so I mean, they're, they're still trying to figure a lot of things out, but I, I think I think that lineup's at least worth trying consistently. And the bigger thing to me at this point, at least, is the closing lineup. And Gordon Hayward has been like second on the team in minutes over the last however many weeks. He's he's playing in the closing lineup a lot, and I think they should at least consider going to the Mark I. Kyrie Tatum and Horford lineup down the stretch of games a lot of the time because I I do think so far Marcus Martin Marcus Morris have played the best basketball outside of of that trio of guys that's probably just about always going to be on the court during crunch time so and and it gives you all the same flexibility defensively that you want because Marcus Smart like is not your normal guard and Marcus (laughs) Morris can guard just about anyone so so I, I that lineup has has looked good so far, but yeah. also like there's a lot of things to consider from, you know what what does Hayward round into like Jalen Brown people people have been hating on him in my Twitter mentions lately like Jesus Christ calm down yeah. the guy is 19 for 32 over his last four games he started to turn the corner like he has played really well he's been putting an obvious focus on getting to the hoop. Everybody get off Jalen Brown's back. It's been a tough adjustment for everybody. He's probably had it as bad as anyone, uh, maybe Rozier. But he's just trying to – he's a young guy trying to figure things out, and he's been playing a lot better lately. So everybody needs to calm, calm, calm down with Jalen Brown. I really do agree with that. And, and he seems to be the guy that is – that really is the focus because he probably is the guy who struggled the most. I've said that before. I, I think that's pretty general consensus that he has struggled the most, uh, at least without dealing with any sort of injury like, like Gordon Hayward. So there's, there, there's a lot for everybody to figure out. Uh, and 
I have said, I said on Twitter, and obviously people will not agree, but the Celtics are not going to get to where they want to go championship level aspirations without Jalen Brown being good and good for them. And now does that mean him as a starter or him off the bench? We don't know that this starting lineup did a great job and we'll have to see what happens when Jalen is healthy and playing well, who starts, who sits, how does that work? But for now, getting this energy infused starting lineup seems like a good idea. And if Jalen Brown can come in and be really good off the bench, and if that happens to be their best lineup, so be it. But regardless, they're going to need Jalen Brown to be really damn good to get to where they want to go. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. I mean, he's obviously a big part and the people saying like trade, trade him. First of all, you don't trade him because of the guy, the other guy you played last night. (laughs) <laughs> you don't trade him yet because Anthony Davis may want out this summer. And let me tell you, you're going to want trade chips for him. Um, so, and beyond that, like Jalen Brown, like how many times did he score 30 points in the playoffs last year? He averaged 18 points in the playoffs last year. As much as Tatum like took the world by surprise, Jalen Brown was just about as good throughout the playoffs last year as Tatum. So the, the hate toward Jalen Brown over 20 ragged games, as ragged as they've been, and they've been ragged. His shooting percentages are just disgusting. His finishing has been very, very – I mean, even for him, he, he can struggle at the rim with contests. But even for him, like, it's it's been a real struggle at the rim until recently. But give him some time. Everybody – in the locker room is adjusting to new roles. I, I did think though that Kyrie Irving's comments about the starting lineup with Marcus Smart, Marcus Morris in it were pretty interesting. They were very interesting. And we're going to focus on those after we take a short break. First, I want to remind everybody that the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball Podcast is one of your best real resources for really in-depth NBA uh, commentary, statistical analysis, all of that stuff. It's not just fantasy basketball. If you are a fantasy basketball player, you want to check this out because it's all about getting in the the hot guys for for your lineups and, and winning your league. It's also a really fantastic way to get caught up on the league, the real nitty-gritty of what's happening in these games, so you get a real sense of who the good players are that you might not really get from a, a broader podcast or just broader highlight shows. So check out Locked on Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your podcasts. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
you're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. So Kyrie Irving did say after the game last night that uh, he was very, very happy with the the way the, the starting lineup uh, worked out. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll just read directly from The Athletic where some guy named, hold on, let me look at it, Jay King. Oh, yeah, what an asshole that guy is. I mean, I, I try not to read his stuff. It's just, <laughs> but for this, I, I had to at least bring it up. So the quote where he said, uh, first of all, he, he reacts to um, the the start. You know, Brad Stevens. We have the quote from Brad Stevens saying he's going to. won't be done juggling the starters uh, until forever. Uh, Kyrie Irving. After the game, talked about Marcus Smart saying there's a reason why we signed him back. There's a reason why he's very instrumental. And then he said, this is the telling quote, I think. When he's playing with me, Marcus Smart, when he's playing with me, we play pretty well together at the one and two spot. So defensively and offensively, I think he brings our numbers up. And I'm appreciative of that. My energy can get depleted coming up and down and directing the ball every single game. And having Marcus in there gave me that outlet to be able to get off the ball. So we did pretty well with our unit tonight. We started off the game well, and we never looked back. If that's not the most ringing endorsement from your star player to have Marcus Smart as your starter and play next to him more minutes, you're not going to get any stronger comment without him saying, hey, Brad, start Marcus. Yeah, and I thought it was also really interesting, the language he chose, that he has been, Kyrie has been, Begging the drum, like, our young guys need to get used to the pressure, the young guys this, the young guys that. Like, he has kind of singled out the young guys um, a, a number of times. And then with Marcus Smart, he said, you know, he's a veteran. He's he's only 24. He didn't say 24, but he's only 24, but he plays like a veteran. We know he's going to be in the right spots and this and that. And it was like, okay. (laughs) So, so Kyrie is, Kyrie has placed his trust in Marcus smart. It was very, very obvious. And he's, he's appreciative (laughs) of what Marcus smart can do. I I I thought those were some eye opening comments. I think Uh, so. Absolutely. And he actually brought up the first unit and how well it played as unprompted by, by unprompted. Yeah. Um, so that's Kyrie, Kyrie was a big fan. That, and I, I don't, I don't know whether he was angling for Brad Stevens to make that starting lineup change forever or whether he was just noting like they played really well with that group that one night. But I thought, especially the veteran comment after all the comments Kyrie has said about the young guys lately, mm-hmm. like for him, for him to separate Marcus smart and put him in the veteran I, I think that was pretty telling. Yeah, very telling. I think that that's the strongest message you can get. I haven't heard the term 
in in the right spots as much as I've heard it over the first month of this season. All I hear about is the Celtics need to be in the right spots. They're not in the right spots. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it's connecting all of these dots when he says we expect him to be in the right spots and doing the right things. It's pretty obvious. He's saying that some of these young guys, whomever he's directing it at, is it Jalen Brown? Is it Jason Tatum? Is it others? Is it Terry Rozier? I don't know. He won't. He hasn't said specifically, but the young guys can only be a few guys. For them to not be in the right spots and for him to single this out unprompted is important. It's important. And, and especially for him to bring up my energy can get depleted coming up and down. And having Marcus in there gave me that outlet to get off the ball. It, it did change. I looked at the numbers, the tracking numbers from, from yesterday. It's only one game, so it's hard to say what the impact is. But in this one game, he, as far as his shots go, evenly split. 36.5% of all of his field goals, overall field goals, were catch and shoot. 36.5% were pull-ups. Over the course of the regular season, he's only taking 22% catch and shoot, and he's 44% pull-ups now that is just an indication of when he's coming off the ball obviously you're going to have more catch and shoot opportunities and when you're hold when you've got the ball in your hand you're not going to have a lot of catch and shoots you're going to pull up a lot more but that just goes to show for people who are looking at how this changes Kyrie Irving's offense that's he he's going to sit there in the corner he's going to wait for a pick and roll and then he's going to relocate and flare up or cut and, and catch the ball and try to score. That takes him out of dribbling uh, seven, eight, ten times coming up. That he barely did that in this game. He it takes him away from having to expend that energy. That's something that he clearly is concerned with. So I have a hard time believing that Brad Stevens now can go back to not starting Marcus Smart, considering these comments. I'm sure Kyrie's not going to bitch and moan about it, but. He he sent a very clear message, and if you if you don't play Marcus Smart and, and uh, Kyrie Irving together a lot moving forward, then I think there there has a potential to be uh, some problems over there because Kyrie Irving clearly wants to play off the ball more during the game. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Brad is going to let any player dictate his rotations. I think the more important thing for him is that one. The Celtics had their best offensive rating by far of the season. Everything made sense. They were making the right play. They were trusting things. They were making shots for once. Um, and two, defensively, you know, they forced 22 turnovers. Things went wrong. Miritich got super hot, hit some tough shots. and They fouled Anthony Davis a lot in the fourth quarter. They weren't perfect, but they had that presence about them. It wasn't easy like it was for J.J. Barea. It wasn't easy like it was for Jamal Murray and Devin Booker and some of these other guys that have just totally roasted the Celtics. They made the Pelicans feel them. And so I think Brad, Brad isn't going to listen to Kyrie Irving and think like, okay, I have to start Marcus Smart because Kyrie wants to. But I'm sure Brad is at least strongly considering sticking with the two Marcuses the Markai in the starting lineup because of just how well they played and, and how well those two guys have really played all season. I, I think, and it's not just about playing well, it's not about the the production. It's just those two guys to me have been as committed to as anyone else 
to playing the brand of basketball that the Celtics want to play. And I think right now, as, as they figure things out, as they try to get out of this rut that enveloped them for so damn long, so much longer than anyone expected, I think it's really important to lean on the guys who are doing things the way you want them to. And I think it helped set a tone right away against New Orleans. Like, okay, this is, this is Celtics basketball again. And that, that's like a cliche. It's, I hate when guys say, oh, Celtics basketball, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's the way Brad Stevens wants his team to play. And it's the way the Celtics finally played with moving the ball, finding open guys and being in your shit defensively and forcing you to, to feel uncomfortable whether you're Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis, anybody else. Yeah, I don't think Brad is going to be forced into playing Marcus Smart, but like it, not because Kyrie Irving says do it or else. I think it's going to be more because Kyrie Irving says this stuff, and if, if this is what makes Kyrie most comfortable – it's not that it's not that he says it and, and it's going to be a threatening way. It's going to be like, well, first of all, all of the stuff that you just said, the energy and all of that, and the stuff that Sam and I talked about after the game, that the Celtics' number one problem has been mental all year long, that they don't play with the same energy, focus, and all of that, and having at least one of the Marcuses in there, maybe both, is something that snaps them into focus. There's that. But secondly, if this is what makes Kyrie most comfortable and having him play well, then then sure, let's go for it. Now, the funny thing is that Kyrie played well down the stretch. He didn't have his overall best game of the year. He had some really uncharacteristically bad turnovers, but he he's coming out of this really raving. And part of it is, I'm sure, to send a message to... I, I, Brad and, and everyone that I, I like this guy. I'm comfortable playing next to this guy. And the other is to send a message. Like I look at how glowingly I talk about this guy who busted his ass. And like you said earlier, sending a message to the young guys. Yeah. He's, he's cl- clearly been trying to send a message to the young guys through the media, um, over the past week or so. And like, when he said Marcus Smart was a veteran, I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, we're, we're we're drawing a line." And it's like young guys and veterans, and there's been a clear like separation from Kyrie Irving between those guys. And Marcus is on the right side, so con- congrats to Marcus. He has been labeled the all important veteran. <laughs> it's been bestowed upon him. Uh, okay, well, just keep an eye on that. We'll have to keep an eye on it. Kyrie is, he knows what he's saying, so he's going to keep on saying it. And I'm interested to see whether Jalen Brown takes offense to it. Look. And, and, and just the dynamic there, because, like, here's Kyrie calling out the young guys, and Jalen's, he's a smart, smart dude. Like, he sees just as much as we do what Kyrie is saying. And calling out young guys and then calling Marcus Smart a veteran. So, I mean, obviously they, they have conversations between each other and they're, it's not all like what's said in the media, but I'm interested to see how that dynamic develops between those guys, the way that Kyrie has kind of 
put that line in the sand and and was so open about supporting Marcus Smart after Marcus Smart started in Jalen Brown's place when Jalen Brown was hurt. Yeah, that it's a fair enough and point. Th- that may be too too dramatic. I don't know whether that's no, too dramatic, but not. I'm just I'm just interested by it all. It's not dramatic. It's it's look, these are the locker room dynamics. These this is the nitty-gritty. This is the bullshit that we don't t- talk about or hear about because it's just all inside the locker room we've both been inside locker rooms we know how it goes it's different people have different levels of engagement friendship whatever you want to call it that's just how it goes so to to have this like Jalen and Kyrie last season had a pretty nice kind of on-court chemistry it seemed like they always had like the like little seeing seeing eye uh, celebration after great plays. It's not like they don't like each other. I'm pretty sure that everybody in this in this locker room at least likes the other guys to some to some extent. That this isn't exactly like the Washington Wizards that we're talking about over here. This is a good locker room, but at the same time, when there's pressure, when there's uh, negative things going on, then that exposes the cracks. And this is, I don't know if crack is the right word, but it's it's something, and look, Jason Tatum is kind of Kyrie's guy, and, and he's out there starting, and maybe he's sending a message to him too. Maybe it's not just Jalen Brown, but Jalen sat out, and it's, it's hard to argue that Jalen sat, these guys played extremely well, and Kyrie's praising the guy who basically started in his place. So it's there there could be something to watch there. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that develops, and maybe maybe it's totally nothing. Maybe we're just reading between the lines and shit that's not there. Maybe, uh, but definitely definitely something to watch. Definitely something to watch. Okay, uh, before we move on to Terry Rozier and his appearance on the Rick Pitino podcast, I want to remind everybody to subscribe to the Lockdown NBA podcast, of which I am co-hosting on Wednesdays. So this is the Wednesday Lockdown Celtics. After this show is over, we're going to go ahead and record a Lockdown NBA podcast. So catch me on that on Wednesdays and catch the entire week of Lockdown NBA podcast. We've got special guests. Uh, we've got Trevor Booker as a new NBA analyst as he rehabs from injury. So he's going to be on specific shows from time to time, giving kind of a player's insight into what's happening in the NBA. So be sure to check that out. Subscribe to the Lockdown NBA podcast wherever you find your podcasts. All right, let's set this up real quick here, Jay. Uh, Terry Rozier went on to this new Rick Patino podcast. It's called the Patino Press, which is a play on his penchant for pressing as a coach. So it's kind of funny, alliterative. That's how you name a podcast. So Rozier was on talking about all sorts of things. Uh, obviously, Rozier played for Patino at Louisville. They talk about uh, his his college days, how he worshipped Dwayne Wade, talk about the, the NBA. And uh, one of my favorite quotes was he was asked, who talks trash to him? And he says, the guys who talk trash to me are guys who don't know no better, which is a pretty epic uh, Rozier quote. And then (laughs) we I like that one. It's a good one. I like that line. Uh, And then, you know, so on and so forth. It's about 24 minutes worth of podcast interview between player and his former coach. At the end, we'll play you the clip. He's asked by 
Rick Pitino about his future and uh, he's because he's going to be a restricted free agent this summer. So let's listen to the clip. Is is it really important to you personally that you start? No, I'm. I, it's not so much about starting. It, it, it's really not. I mean, I, this this is. I'm going into my fifth year after this, so you know I would love to start. I don't look at look at myself, and nothing nothing is wrong with it. Being a six man coming off the bench, but I don't really look at myself that. But that's not my main focus. Of course, I want to win. I like when I've been a winner on my, you know, winner all my life coming through your programs, and coming through your program, and then being with the Boston Celtics. I like winning. I don't know how I can adjust if I try to take a starting job somewhere, but I'm playing for an awful team and. We're not winning no more. It's just like something that I don't think that I can adjust to, you know, being being around people that's okay with just, you know, losing. But at the same time, it's like I still want to keep my options open. Uh, I, I, I feel like I've seen a lot in these four years, uh, how much a business this is. And I'm just, I, 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 think I, I think I should get everything that I deserve. So with that being said, it's not so much all about starting and it's not so much about the money, but it's it's all about just, you know, seeing, seeing you know, getting everything I deserve. And, and uh, like I said, I've seen a lot, you know, and I feel like uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to get everything I deserve. That's all. So, Jay, he, he was not overly like, uh, I guess, I don't know what the word I'm looking for there. It's not like he was mad upset or anything like that he's pretty straightforward business-like he wants to get all that he deserves which i will not begrudge a player i was very interested by him saying that he's seen a lot and he's seen how much of a business this is which is obviously if the only thing he's seen is danny ainge work and he's seen danny ainge do things like trade Isaiah Thomas. So he knows that nobody's untouchable. He knows that this is a business and he knows that loyalty doesn't exist in the NBA between anybody. Player teams are not loyal to their players. Players are not loyal to their teams. They leave, they get traded and all that stuff. So it's a real interesting approach to the business side of things from Terry Rozier. Yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't, I didn't think there was much interesting about those comments to be honest. Like, he said, I don't know if I could play for a losing team. Probably yep. not the best thing for his, <laughs> his, his potential suitors this summer. Or maybe <laughs> it is. Maybe it is. Maybe they, they want a guy um, that's like, I don't want to be in a losing environment. I want to make sure I'm surrounded by winners. Um, and then, like, it wasn't too much new. The business thing, those young guys, like, they really have seen some ruthless moves from Danny Ainge. And and you wonder how much of an impact that has on guys, and I, I don't I don't know all of the the guys you know at least publicly they, they say you know it, it has no impact on them. Basketball is a business. Everyone is out there treating basketball like a business. Um, but when you see Isaiah Thomas traded after running his hip into the ground, and when you see Jay Crowder traded, you know as his mother is basically dying mm-hmm. um like that these guys have have seen pretty clearly that that the celtics will treat them as assets and when when it's time to move on and it's the right way to run a team it's the only way you should run a team but but these guys the young guys 
including Jalen Brown, including Terry Rozier. Uh, they've been hardened, I think, to to the realities of the NBA business. And look, Terry Rozier is still a restricted free agent. It's it's not going to really matter, I don't think, um, because the Celtics will have the opportunity to match whatever offer regardless. And he's still going to have to go elsewhere, if, probably if, if he wants uh, a, to sign a, a bigger offer sheet. Maybe the, the Celtics will um, match it, whatever the case may be. But it is something that all these guys have have seen some stuff. Yep. <laughs> They've really, really, really seen some stuff during the time their time with the Celtics. Yeah, like that's from a pure player's perspective. Having watching Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder get traded is cold blooded. That is the most cold blooded trade that you could make, considering the run that they made. And top of that, considering that, like you said, the uh, Crowder's mother, considering Isaiah Thomas's sister, and considering the hip. All of that stuff, like that's where normally like in college, people would rally around you in the pros. It doesn't matter. Like the instant those horrible things happen to you, if there's a trade that makes sense, that stuff gets that it happens. And you as a player, you're like, damn, that at that point, you can't be anything but scared straight. You can't have any kind of delusions that this team is going to be loyal to you to any sort of degree, uh, unless the, really the only uh, loyalty is to greatness. And the Celtics haven't had a transcendent type of player. They had Isaiah who had a transcendent type of season, but they haven't had that guy. Like, And I'm talking about the LeBrons of the world, Kevin Durant's like those select five type, five players who get that, you know, we'll, we're loyal to you because you're our best chance. That's the only loyalty that really exists. So it's, it's a hard lesson to learn. And it seems like he's really learned it. So. Yep. I think all those guys learned it pretty quickly. (laughs) It didn't take much. That one summer was like, Holy hell. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's gone and everybody's new. And Danny Ainge, was a ruthless, ruthless man. Yep, that's it. That's that, and like you said, that's how you run a team. That's how you do it. And it's it's that Belichick. It's that you know, even the San Antonio Spurs. Like it's just that we're you got to do it because once you get emotions involved, you make bad decisions. All right, so that was from the Rick Patino podcast, the Patino Press. Uh, I could barely stomach listening to Rick Pitino, but that's fine. If you want to listen to Rick Pitino, go ahead. It's the Pitino Press Podcast. You can go look at that. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast. If you're a new listener, really appreciate it. Like, seriously, I know it may sound like I just say it a lot, but I am not kidding. This is not just a throwaway line. Really do appreciate all of you new listeners who have listen to us and who are are checking us out. It's we are giving you a half hour or so sometimes more of something for you to kind of get more Celtics coverage. I know you might not be able to get it either. If you're outside of Boston, if you're in Boston, the local radio stations don't give you enough. 
or don't give you any good stuff. So we're here for you, and I hope it's enough for you to subscribe. The regular subscribers, give us that five-star rating and a good review on that Apple podcast, the iTunes podcast, or whatever the hell it's called now. Go ahead and do that. It really, really helps us rise in the rankings. And, of course, share the podcast. Tell everybody to listen to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, Jay King and John Corrales, Locked On Celtics. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.